There is no error with your audio outputs. Do not attempt to fix any sound issues. We are monitoring you with this device. We control your options and settings. We are transmitting through your internet connection, but our signal is actually entering your mind, sending electrical impulses into the very tissues of your brain. Try to stay calm. We've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. And welcome to another splendiferous episode of the Paranoia Podcast. I am Olaf Phillips. I own Paranoia Magazine. I guess that makes me the publisher. On the line, I have Ron Patton, who is the editor-in-chief. I guess that makes Ron. Ron, what does that make you? That makes me a very important person in the realm of paranoia. Well, you uh-huh. do have a tattooed across your back. I do, man. I got it in San Diego back in, I, I think, know. 2012, maybe? Yeah. So, yeah, well, Red Crow you know, tattoo. Gonna end. Yeah. All right. So, uh, people, uh, definitely check out the T-shirts. Don't forget, we have the CIA airline collection. Um, I will be adding more CIA airlines to our CIA airline collection. And as always, you know, buy our crap. Uh, sign up for the Patreon. I don't know if you feel like it. Um, definitely tell your friends about the podcast. We have a couple of really big fans who've been spreading the word. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, it helps to know that people actually listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it worthwhile to me and Ron. And, uh, so you know, the other, the other thing, too, Olaf, is that uh, yeah. since we're doing this on a regular basis, we there's are. a very strong possibility that we can get this podcast on a few pirate radio stations, namely Free Ooh. Radio Olympia. Ooh. That, you like I that idea? I don't want to know. Who, I love that idea. I just don't want to know who they are. <laughs> okay. okay. No, we'll no, just no, say no. I think, they no, just no. they freaking hijacked. Good. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're all good yeah. people. They're just communists. That's all. No, just, no. Yeah, just kidding. Communists? Are they are they Marxists or are they communists? Um. Well, I mean, you know, really progressive type. You know, like Antifa. Do they have a leader? Do they have a leader, or do they make no, decisions no. as a group? It's a group uh, collective type situation, okay, I believe. So yeah. It's a collective, so more Marxist. Yeah, yeah, Marxist. Yeah, there you go. Because of course, but we debate such things on the Paranoia Podcast. Yes, between socialism, communism, Marxism, and whatever Totali- else totalitarianism. Is in Can I? Yeah, before but, we get to before we get to our secret guest, mm-hmm. I guess it's not a secret. Um, can I make one comment? Yes, one. That's it. Very, well, I own the I own the fucking podcast, so I guess I can make a comment. <laughs> You know, um, um, I, you know, um, you know, I hear, I stay away from politics. I really do. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, is, does the, is the right going to screw you? Is the left going to screw you? They're both going to screw you. So don't yeah, worry about man. it. Right? Yeah. It's the, it's the fucking but, dialectic, man. 
it's a dialectic, neuro-linguistic programming. But mm-hmm. I, will, I will say this. You know, whenever I watch the news, and I do, I do honestly watch the news, I swear to God, I, I watch CNN. I really do. Yeah. Um, you know, I always really laugh real hard when these various uh, politicians, left, right, right, left, whatever, mm-hmm. they come on and they start talking about communists. Right. And it's like, you know, they, they point to, to China and they say they're communists. So they point to they point to Cuba and they say they're communists or the mm-hmm. Soviet Union. They're communists. You know, right. None of those people have ever none of those groups, the Soviets, the Cubans or the Chinese, the North Koreans. None of them have ever been communists. Isn't that interesting? None of them are none of them are Marxists. Mm-hmm. They're totalitarian dictatorships. They yeah. they all they all subscribe to the to what has become the universal in, in communist quote unquote communist countries mm-hmm. to have the big man, the strong man that takes care of everything, right? Right. But in, in a but as far as I know, in a having red marks, in a Marxist in an actual Marxist country, mm-hmm. there's no leader. Everything is decided by the, you know, by the the committees and and the mm-hmm. public bureau. There's no right. leader, you know, the and the proletariat makes the decision as a group. Mm-hmm. And every one of these, you know, whether it's the Soviet Union, North Korea, China, Cuba, you know, and and Angola and everybody else in between, you know, they're they say they're Marxist, but they're Marxist leaning. They're Marxist. Right. They're kind of like Marxist interested. In, you know, it's right. like being um, bi curious. They're Marxist curious. They're not, <laughs> but, but not in the pure not, sense of the uh, yeah, political terminology. Not, not by a long shot. So yeah. it's it's like these guys in the news. I see them on CNN or MSNBC or Fox or any of these news organs. They all run around going, that guy's a communist. That guy's a communist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Nobody in this whole mm-hmm. place is a communist. I just, yeah. I just wanted to say that. Let's be true and honest to the, to the, to the shit which we speak. There are mm-hmm. no communists that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. These countries, like them or love them or hate them, they're totalitarian. They have a central authoritative leader. I mean, my God, in North Korea, they call him the central brain. Because he is the central brain of the company, right? A company, country. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they call him the central brain. I mean, you know, they think the the sun rises and sets over him. You know, that's Which not is, Marxist. Yeah, bizarre when you think about it. Yeah. Which is fine. But I mean, the, the, the yeah. Deal. But the media really dictates these labels and. Uh, Gets things all jumbled up within the uh, semantic rhetoric, well, you know, because of the, they I, I have a certain agenda. But I, I don't think it's just the media. Right? I think the media I mean, is. I think the me- media is easy target. You know, when a politician stands yeah. up and points at another one politician, go, "That's a communist." That's not the media. Uh-huh. That's the politician yeah. standing up and saying, misidentifying, "You're a communist," and and Bernie right. Sanders stands up and goes. I'm not a communist. I'm a socialist. There's a huge difference. Yeah. Right. You know, socialists believe in profit, but, yeah. but they'll tell, no, he's a commie. He's a commie. No, he's not. He's a socialist. Very mm-hmm. different. 
And we do a lousy job of teaching our children what these different ideologies are. But right. but I think that a lot of times that the media actually picks up based on what the politician is saying. And and, mm-hmm. and whether it's supportive, you know, to, if you're to the right and Fox News stands, you know, takes, oh, no, Ted Cruz called somebody a communist. Mm-hmm. Look, he's a communist. And now Fox News is calling that guy a communist. Or on the other hand, you've got CNN or MSNBC going, oh, no, Ted Cruz called that guy a communist. No, he's not a communist. He's a democratic socialist. You know, it, it just, yeah. I think they take their cue from the people. Yeah, labels can be misconstrued, just like anarchism, too. They all can. There, there's really two different types of branches within anarchism. There's the more social one, which most people are aware of, uh, which have to do with, you know, liberal-leaning, ultra-progressive folks, kind of like Antifa. And then there are economic anarchists, which, you know, basically don't believe in any type of governmental control within the economic system, or very little, if any. And but, so, but, and, and, they, mean, and there's two different ideologies, but they still consider themselves anarchists. Yes, and, and, and you know, the, the principle behind anarchy is, is order and chaos. The more chaos mm-hmm. that you generate... There's an, a new order and structure that comes out of the chaos. It's right. not chaos for chaos's sake. I think that's right. something else that, that they get wrong. And I just want to say this. We're on the edge of the midterms, and, and I, oh, I've heard enough uh, of this crap for the last three months. Yeah. People calling each other commies and everything else. It's like, you guys got this all wrong. Yeah. I mean, does it take the, does it, does it take the, the, the conspiracy nut who, who studied social sciences to tell you people that you're not getting it right? Right. And then getting all caught up in different types of uh, arguments and and fallacies and ad hominem attacks. And yeah, it gets pretty ridiculous after a while because none of it is, you know, really doing anybody any good. But people are just kind of caught up in the emotion, emotional response of what's going on, unfortunately. It's polarizing. Oh, yeah. It's it's polarizing, and that's that's really what they want. Whoever they is, mm-hmm. yeah. they want the polarization. Because They're the reptilians, the actually. The reptilians. Yeah. They want. Yeah. Okay. From the yeah, from yeah. the top, and then yeah. it trickles down. <laughs> it's 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 trickle down conspiracy theory, because mm-hmm. we know how well trickle down economics worked. Yeah. <laughs> that works so well. <laughs> and then from uh, the reptilians, you have the Illuminati overlords, right? Right, right. Team bloodlines. Yes, and, of course. Uh, and then there's no, I, the you know, paranoia folks like us. You know, I don't know about... We, we are kind of like a cult. We're a cult, though. We are a cult of paranoia. Are we? When you think about it. Yeah. Are but we? it's a benevolent cult. It's a benevolent cult, you know? Is it a cult, though? Yeah. I think so, I yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah. in order for it to be a cult... I would have to deify myself and I, I don't deify myself. Yeah. I don't believe that I'm the chosen one or the Messiah. Well, I do. Yeah, yeah. but I'm the one in, but I'm the one who owns it. So I'm the one in charge. It, I have uh-huh. to deify myself, not you. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, you, then can have the Ron, s- you can have a Ron cult. Yeah. The Ron but, cult. But in order, yeah, but in order, and and there needs to be other stuff like we have to have a sig- we have to have a secret handshake and crap. 
and secret teachings, and we have to have a lot of secrets. Okay. I don't think that we have very many secrets. We should work on that. Yeah, well, kind of like the Church of the Subgenius. There should be like the Church of Paranoia or something. I don't know. You know, you know who we, you know who I need to talk to. Who? I need to talk to Doctor Philo. We need to get him on. Oh, let's let's do this. You know, let's get Doctor Demento on one show, and then Philo. Yeah, that yeah. would be cool. We can do it. Let's do it sometime. Oh, but you know, we have a guest I, I tonight, though. We we do have a guest yeah, tonight. Just one more we... one more thing, and we'll, we'll get to the guest. Okay. It to the listeners out there. One thing that I do want to tell you: when we say we know pe- someone, we really do. This we've not name dropping. We we do know people. Oddly enough, you wouldn't think so, but we actually do. In high and I know it's low amateur places. hour, but come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mostly yeah. in low places, but a, a couple of high places. <laughs> All right. Uh, like so really have high a guest places. Tonight? Yeah, okay. Well, yes, we so, do. Yeah, like and you know what? This is long, places. long overdue. Long overdue. We were supposed to have Arturo yeah. Adame a uh, long Not time ago. Introduce our guest, Ron. <laughs> I'm sorry, Arturo. Adami. Sorry, Adami. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, Arturo is somebody who I met in San Diego Oh, probably about five years ago. Um, we have a mutual friend or a few mutual friends in the in the uh, independent movie business down there. And uh, I met him over at the uh, C Street building at Rosewood Studios with uh, Luke. Isn't that correct? Is that when we first met? Yes. Art- yeah. And uh, Arturo is a... Uh, uh, choreographer, um, and he's also worked in the uh, entertainment industry to some extent. And uh, what else do you do, Arturo? Well, mostly I'm an independent filmmaker. Uh, I used to attend Southwestern College, which I recently graduated from, and then I have a hobby of playing rugby. All right, congratulations! Yeah, you didn't you play football too? Yeah, yeah, those days are behind me since I'm kind of injured from it. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I always thought Arturo, he's a cool guy, man. He's got his uh, hands in the pot and doing a lot of different things and uh, um, just thought you were a very multi-talented guy. And then a little over a year ago, uh, you had messaged me and talk to me about this very bizarre experience. And I'm going like, whoa, where is this guy coming from, yeah. man? But at the same time, it was like, yeah, that's it, plausible. But I've never heard anything quite like that. So, Arturo, can you give us like a little background information as far as what occurred about your whoa. experience? Yeah, what happened to me, I can only describe it as a phenomenon because what occurred to me, well, it's the only thing to be uh, sort of be described as, well, an invasion of privacy of the highest kind, which is pretty much the mind. My mind was invaded by some sort of like outside force, which was urging me and warning me that some bad of that was going to be happening. And it originally started on February 19th, uh, 2017 where I committed an act of vigilantism, where I pulled over this uh, individual that was mentally impaired driving, 
but they revealed that they're also mm -hmm. uh, a game banger from uh, the Crips game. And so what was happening to me was a warning that I was piecing together that, oh, there's a hitman after me. But mm -hmm. I was being told through riddles and cues uh, through my head to pretty much, well, this is what happened. I was driving my car, and then all of a sudden I had uh, an anxiety feeling. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty much directed to dive from the side of my car to hide myself from the driver's seat and just pretty much lie down flat in my own driver's seat mm -hmm. and pretty much reappear up again as someone was supposed to pass me. So what overall happened was just, um, like I said, it was just like a situation of days in privacy. And I have mentally, like mental words for me in my head. And it was mm -hmm. just urging me to go home to my house. And so one of the, the thing that made me go home is I heard the words, and now you're going to die. And then I heard this chanting that you must die half in my head. And that, that was a really scary thing to deal with. But like at first I was having visions of like, you know, it was just all like chaos in my head. And the thing is, is I have like no history of any mental disorder. And right, I was like going to ask that. Yeah. yeah, and like it felt like it was an acute like sensation of schizophrenia. But the thing is, is that I was seeing people's demises, like these conversations, like you one snippet of fucking like you know of someone calling Don Donald Trump a cracker in my head. I'm like, what? Like it was just all these kinds of random things. But what happened was the collateral is the fact that my computer and my cell phone were acting up as well. Mm -hmm. And I was getting messages. And after, after a while, like, you know, um, it just came to a point where I lost the, the car keys in my car. I couldn't find myself to my house. And I'm thinking to myself, I have to turn myself into some sort of like, you know, authority figure because I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me and my family and how I surmised it was a crypt game banger that was after me is I was left visual mm -hmm. cues like the color blue various blue things lying around the city as I was driving, you know, like even a blue car. Like it was right. all kinds of weird now. This is where it got surreal is when I went to the hospital. Now the hospital, they admitted me, but... Which hospital did happened, you go to? Can I ask that? Which hospital uh, was Yeah, it? it was Scripps. It was a Scripps hospital in uh, the Hillcrest area okay. of San Diego. Yeah, they gotcha. admitted me. Mm -hmm. And this is when shit kind of went towards being like, you know, I felt like I was in the movie Total Recall. Like, you know, I was being given instructions what to mentally what to do. I was given riddles and hints. And when I went to the hospital, they turned me in as Hacky mm -hmm. McHackerson. That's when I was like, oh, shit. And <laughs> so they, they did. They did what? Uh-huh. When they, they admitted me? They admitted, uh, they admitted you and, and said that you were Hacky McHackerson? McHacker, yeah. That was your that was the name they assigned you when you were admitted? Yeah, like instead of Arturo Adame, I came up as Hacky McHackerson. Oh, and that's cute. when the police was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's Whoa. when the police were alerted of my presence okay. in, uh, in the hospital. All right. That's, that's hmm. different. That's well, I mean, okay. you're describing like something out of a Philip K. Deck 
dick novel, you know. I was just thinking of Alice. Now, yeah. Now, were you on any type of drugs or medication prior to this? The only thing I was technically on is it was me smoking weed. That was it. Right. That's it. So just pot. Yeah. I mean, was it a different kind of strain or? Mostly I smoked uh, sativa since I don't like how indica makes me drowsy and whatnot. And that's how the strands work. Sativa is pretty much like Mm -hmm. the one that makes you go and indica makes the one, makes you pretty much like, you know, sleepy and whatnot. And that's why I kind of like smoke nowadays for my uh, back injury that I have. Right. Like uh, something with uh, high CBD count as well. Yeah. Okay, so you're in the okay. hospital, and they've admitted you, and the computer brings you up as Hacky McHackerson. So they call the yeah. police, and what happens now? Well, what happens, I was in the hospital, and that's when I was kind of getting tested and shit, because all of a sudden, they had this one really obvious guy, like, you know, be like, asking questions and what's going on here. I'm kind of like, all right, can you not tell that this person does not belong in the hospital if they're wearing scrubs but they're acting like it's all noob like you know is this being obvious or whatever so i went through with it and they said i could go and i busted out like my action like you know hero skills and whatnot evaded the staff disarmed somebody and then busted out um the exit and they're having people stage the chase after me and so i made my escape from the hospital oh man did i run fast but um I made the escape from the hospital, and then uh, that's when it got even weirder. As when I was following color signals to uh, to CVS, that was on. Um, I forgot what street it was on, but it's the same street as Scripps Hospital. And when I was looking for assistance, this uh, older white guy was kind of like making the weird hand signals like a baseball to see to trigger me to do something. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm trying to say that I'm not. I'm not feeling safe and I felt like, you know, I'm being put through a test or something. If I'm some sort of like, you know, misconcepted identity or something like that, I'm just a regular guy. I'm an actor. I'm a student, you know, that's all I was saying. And then I found this uh, cargo with an X on it inside with all these supplies and packages and shit. And I was thinking to myself, is this my getaway vehicle? You know, but the thing is, is there was nothing going through my head. And uh, because and with that notion, like I was getting all signed, like, you know what? I just got to go back to the hospital. This is where I'm supposed to be. Whatever I was supposed to be led to be, this isn't it. Because I saw things uh, like kind of like fast paced or whatever my fate could have been. Like I saw a hitman. I saw what was creation. I saw like cells being formed. Like I saw like the story evolution when I was being on my way to the hospital. And then. I just saw things being like brought down the scale as when I was making the right move going to the hospital. You know, I saw just like the hitman. Then I saw a bunch of uh, people going after my dog. And then my last vision, which was pretty much a bunch of people going to an empty like pole or something, you know, and I think to myself, okay, did I evade my potential, like, you know, attacker after all my mm-hmm. other evasions, you know, it was just a scary thing because when I was in the hospital, this kind of confirmed that there was a gangbanger after me. When I was in the hospital and like they're observing me, I looked outside my door 
and I saw his tied up blood gang member, you know, he was wearing a red shirt mm-hmm. and he made the gesture to me, keep your mouth shut. You know, and I thought to myself, holy shit, there was a game banger mm-hmm. after me because when I was in the hospital waiting, I saw a group of kids and one of them was wearing a, a blue shirt with the Los Angeles, like, you know, on it. And I was thinking to myself, could they have sent a kid after to try to kill me, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's something I kind of derived from the show Breaking Bad, where it's this one scene where it's this guy is unsuspecting little kids driving like a bike around and then the kids shoot them, you know? Right. So I'll think my so I'll think myself like, you know, whatever I did was crazy. And this is where it kind of meant it's well not its climax exactly, but I had other things happen to me too on the way to the hospital, like uh one night when I was playing the color game figuring out of the color blue the danger to me. And this is why I wrote in uh the article that I ended up having the, uh, the sensation of having intercourse, but as a chick, which is which sounds pretty crazy in itself, but yeah. I was experiencing vaginal intercourse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, like, holy shit. Like, and this is, and I was not on drugs at all during this point. It was just like, right. you know, I was sober. Mm-hmm. And then I have my computer kind of like communicate with me involving what my name is. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, I was still grounded in my reality, which was, all right, I might be giving the cues to evolution here because I did such a dumbass act of good. Was I mm-hmm. give something, you know, of a higher beings like assistance, which I uh, know, like it was, it was something that I was really trying to like grasp. And the only thing I knew is that, you know, whatever is inside me, it's not natural. And so I was very respectful, of whatever presence was within me. And the crazy thing is, too, that uh, during my week of driving Uber, like the last night before I lost my keys, I drove this female patron. And this is where it kind of comes into the uh, grasp of what technology was a part of my journey for. I was driving this woman. She was trying to have me drive slower, Mm -hmm. which was the first time I ever had that kind of request. Like, why do you want me to drive slower on the freeway? We got to drive 60 not 40, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when uh, I brought her to the building, Mr. A's on Fifth Avenue, which is kind of, I think, like the street or street over next to the Scientology building, I heard yeah, yeah, this weird-ass right. signal. I heard this weird-ass signal coming from her phone. And I was like, I didn't know what to think of it, but I looked at my phone and I didn't see nothing happen on my phone. And I was just thinking to myself, okay, well, I'm just hearing this odd signal being extruded from my phone. And then she left my car and that was it. But I was thinking to myself, like, what the fuck did I just hear? Mm-hmm. You know? So I was thinking to myself, was this like, you know, like the precursor of some sort of cyber attack? Like, I was just thinking to myself, like, what is this danger that I'm sensing? And at the hospital, you know, to the conclusion of my story, like I even had communication with a higher power. I'm not mm-hmm. saying like if it's God or anything, but it's something right. that communicated me on my uh, piece of pen and paper, not technology, but pen and paper. And while I was writing, these words are magically appearing. Like I was just writing. My main concern is what the fuck is going to be happening with the president? And my response was, don't worry, number 45 is going to get his mind right. 
I ask you another question, like, um, can I trust my family? And the response was, family never betrays. And then I was trying to make sense of everything, and I got another warning, which was, don't help too much, which mm-hmm. was the act that I initiated saving this couple from a reckless driver. Right. Which was the beginning of the story. And so it was just a lot of crazy things. And like another crazy thing that happened was the days after um, I sit like the, the danger was kind of like gone, but I still had lingering things from my vision. Like the craziest thing, and this is something that kind of drove me to uh, depression is where uh, another part of the vision was showing me the story of finding the perfect like mate, you know what I'm saying? Like that one chick that you're looking for, you know? And mm-hmm. I found her ass, but it was surreal because when I realized it, all of a sudden she was like, you know, she just blurted out, oh, why am I getting all hot all of a sudden? And I'm just like, what the fuck? This chick got aroused by just being next to me, you know? And that's uh-huh. something that uh, I pieced together when I was still going under this color game, like, you know, Riddle on my computer mm-hmm. when I was changing some things in my Facebook profile, including... It was just like, you know, like, uh, like it was like riddle after riddle. Like when it put down how to pronounce my name, the middle initials of the enunciation was mm-hmm. Tuda. Like, ta-da. Right. Like, oh shit, you just been revealed something. Mm-hmm. And then I saw my computer shine a bright pink light. And this uh, bright pink light, uh, I kind of used it as a color cue because mm-hmm. the same girl who went to my school was decked out in all pink. The next day, I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But, you know, for all I know, that was just something just distract me from whatever, like, my overarching goal was. But in conclusion, I received something, too, that was physical and something mm-hmm. that I can actually bring, which is this notebook filled with a bunch of drawings that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And they told riddles of itself. And what I felt like I dealt with was something called the AD virus. And what I probably was facing was something called Gormageddon. And the funny thing about it is when I was looking at these drawings, it reminded me of something that I couldn't put my my finger on it Mm -hmm. until I realized that this was shit from an animated show called Galador Defenders of the Outer Dimension and mm-hmm. that it showed the bad guy, Gorm, this, metra- this like mechanical being that takes over sectors and shit. And I was just thinking to myself, wait a minute, a story that was shown on Fox Kids mm-hmm. was shown as an explanation of what potentially could happen or whatever, or described it. You know, it was just crazy. Then I had these books sent to my house, and then, um, and even my cards of uh, books. It was a book called... Uh, the Perfect Fail by some guy named Ziggler. It was mm-hmm. a sales book, which... Zig Ziggler. Yeah. 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 You heard yeah. the book by Ziggler? Yeah, Zig yeah. Ziggler. Well, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not, not, not confusing the pro wrestler Dolph Ziggler, but... Right. Uh, yeah, no, no, but, no. Zig, Zig Ziggler. He's a, he's a sales theorist, and he, yeah. he wrote and then, books about how to sell. Basically, yeah. how to sell ideas to people. Yeah, and so that's why I was surmising that this is kind of like guys like can't like, hey, if you're gonna make movies, movies, you gotta learn how to sell yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that. But um, 
and that's just pretty much like my story. You know, there's a lot more to it that I could, which kind of like I could explain, but it won't make sense. But the overarching story is that I had mental like messages being sent to my head and I was doing action that was kind of instructed to me. Like I even had like a hallucination of me getting married actually. Mm-hmm. And I felt, and then while I was piecing together, I think I was just brought to this location to hide me from whoever was potentially after me. Mm-hmm. And I have when a hallucination all, that when it all started, when it all happened, it had when, started when on it, February no, 19th. No, no. Yeah. When it, when it started, what was, what was the first thing that happened? So you're, you're just standing there and then suddenly thoughts start popping into your head. I mean, nothing happened before. Well, it, yeah, but it actually first happened, like, I think the same night when I was just smoking a oh. joint and I was just about to do start doing Uber. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I had images of stars in my head and then the feeling that the burden of me pursuing my future was going to be listed, like, hey, this is it. Like, you know, there's nothing more to struggle with. And then I realized, wait a minute, if that's true, then why I ain't seeing anything? I'm just, like, visualizing this shit in my head. There's something up. And I just decided to stay at home and pretty much I started having a mental breakdown uh, thinking like, you know, that if this is true, that I don't have my burden to be worried that I should be making my transfers to the, any university I want to. And since at the time I was also uh, dealing with uh, transferring to a new university, which mm-hmm. unfortunately I wasn't able uh, to afford later on, which kind of brought on my depression. Wow. But nothing, nothing, nothing precipitated that. Just you smoking weed. Just me like smoking totally weed. Night. It's totally yeah. normal night. You light, you light it up, and then boom, you start getting visions. Yeah. But you said another friend did too, right? Didn't you say that you yeah. had a friend that also started having had similar visions? Yeah. visions? yeah, they had them before me, and uh, their oh. course of action inspired me to uh, go to the hospital since they went to the hospital too. But Mm -hmm. with their visions, they actually had it three times. And one of them, like they described seeing universes being like destroyed and me being some sort of like, you know, guardian. And I was like, huh? You know, but when this vision came to pass, I was thinking to myself like, holy crap, did I just become the guardian, but not really manifest whatever abilities Mm -hmm. I was envisioned to, you know, because at the end of the day, we live in the real world, you know, and if anything of that state could change, then there may be no going back. And that's one of the things that I fear the most. Like, if I manifest whatever advantage I was given, then there has to be a natural threat to nullify someone of that state of awareness and being, being the alpha male ultimate predator. You know what I mean? That's what I was called in my mind. That like, oh, I'm the alpha male. Or, you know what? You're magic, you know? And then... Mm-hmm. I was seeing the story of magic losing all their friends due to time, you know? So that's right. why I felt like, you and know, it was a part of the phenomenon, which was magic. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't, and the other person had the visions, different weed purchased from a different place. Uh, it wasn't weed that was involved. Like for them, oh, okay. they some, said they uh, got, else. they they said they got their uh, visions first initiated through DMT. Oh, okay. Well, that would make a little more sense. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but 
this, like, you know, the, the whole, like, you know, uh, vision quest thing, mm-hmm. you know, we felt like, you know, it probably originated from a long lost rite of passage that Native Americans go to since I'm Tewa and Hopi tribe, you know, but right. I don't got none of them reparations, which kind of sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, man, like the whole Native American issue, I kind of view it as bull honky because nowadays. Yeah, they got money. Oh, this is like where I get controversial now. I see they get money from casinos. But okay, right. where are the other mixed like people, like you know, that are mostly Latinos? Hey, yes, they're Native American too, but they get no money. Yeah. They cross borders and you don't help them, and they're supposed to be more Native than your asses. You know what I mean? Right. So that's right. where my stance is about Native Americans. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you suffered, but hey, you're kind of making a lot of money now. You hate on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, rightfully so, but at the same time, end of the day. You got people that are taking care of at reservation. You got people that have at least some sort of foothold in America, while Mexicans yeah. don't. You know. Yeah, I I hear you, and I've yeah. you know seen some of that. Be having lived in San Diego, and so I often thought about that too. It's kind of like you know, just sort of how things just really aren't fair when it comes to. Uh, people of mixed Hispanic and Native American origin. It's sort of like, you know, in the whole identification of of where you're from and the discrimination that sort of comes with that. But, you know, what this uh, reminds me, Olaf, of what he uh, encountered, and this is just a theory, but I think it's plausible. It reminds me uh, of the book that was written by a, a DARPA scientist by the name of Dr. Robert Duncan. And the name of the book is called Project Soul Catcher, which uh, DARPA was involved in doing these uh, experiments on various people where they get involved in uh, mind hacking, mind mapping, and mind uploading. And so they would upload various types of uh, scenarios uh, and... uh, like I've heard some people say they were able to like see two suns all of a sudden come together and explode. And it was like, they're having almost like hallucinations, but they knew that it wasn't quite that. It was just their whole reality was just changed because of this, uh, you know, DARPA experiment that they were doing on people. So, you know, who knows, maybe it was something to do with the mind control experiment. Again, how, yeah, that's since, the thing I have did, to wonder is yeah, like, why the yeah. fuck it was I selected, you know? Yeah, well, well that's, that's you know, the, the, yeah. The, the thing it reminds me of is, is two things. One is Valor. Yes. The, the book Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Yep. Dick. Yes. Where he's, he's standing in the, in the doorway and the, the woman, she's a, <clears throat> she's a Christian. And I forget if she had come to proselytize or deliver something something like that but she she's standing there and and he notices she's wearing a fish pendant and it glints and then he he becomes bathed in pink light and then he said he felt like he was being uploaded and then a bunch Mm -hmm. of stuff was being downloaded into his brain yeah and then he had a series of synchronicities the other the other thing oddly that it reminds me of is years and years ago i heard an interview that was done by um it was the weekend guy on coast to coast. Um, I think he was in many John B. Wells. No, no, no. It was before all that. He was a deacon in the Episcopal church, I think, but he, Oh, okay. He, 
he he was the the weekend guy for Coast to Coast, and his name Ian Punnett. Okay. Ian Punnett. Ian Punnett had interviewed this guy who was a horror writer, and he had he had written a book about how he he basically had a psychotic break, and and he had had this severe psychotic break, and he but he was on his pills, and and everything was getting better. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a book about why you should take your pills when you, <laughs> when you have some form of psychosis. Right. Right. And he came, he came on Ian Punnett's show and he flipped it and he's like, you know what? I stopped taking my pills. Mm-hmm. And, and basically he described the moment when he stopped taking them. He just, one part in particular, he was walking down the street and he said it was like a hellscape that there were demons flying over his head and there were cars that were burning and bodies that were burning in the streets. Mm-hmm. And, and now because, you know, he was no longer on these, you know, on medication to control it, you know, he could look at people and see the demons inside them and, and all this stuff. And what was odd about it is that in, in his case, it's something that he had always wrestled with. Um, Arturo, it doesn't sound like, it sounds like a very defined moment for you that whatever happened, it was locked into a, let's say a one week time period or something that it, it, this whole thing burns for about a week or so, and then it stops. And you you had, well, for me, uh, it lingered after us. But does it still linger to this day? No, unfortunately not. You know, I could probably yeah. use that guidance again because nowadays I just like you know, well, to be honest, like I haven't been, I just haven't been pursuing my arts anymore. I'm mm-hmm. injured, so I can't train as intensely as I used to. Although I still play rugby, but I'm not the same like player I used to be like a few years ago because of my back injury and you know just being like you know going through such this uh, event. I just feel like you know like. I fell short, you know, that I still failed, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. If, was. I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's the case. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that. I mean, obviously that's the, you know, the armchair psychologist, but I don't, I don't think that was necessarily, you necessarily fell short. What, what it sounds like yeah. is that you had a tremendous experience for some reason and whatever reason that was, that has concluded. And that the knowledge you gained yeah. from it, because you said you were, you felt like you were being uploaded and downloaded, like, like dicted and ballast, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's what, that's what I went trying through. To dodge. Yeah. Whatever event you were trying to dodge, you dodged it. And, and, you know, even with Phil K. Dick, I don't know that he, <laughs> that that went on forever, you know, but it, it strikes me very much like ballast. It's just, you don't, you weren't bathed in a pink light from the sky, you know, something just trapped. No. And, and I'm, I don't know. It's interesting because it, it's the way you describe it being precipitated. It was like, you're just smoking some pot and then boom, it's like, you know, your awareness completely changed. Yeah. It's pretty much, like man. Were, like I were, never, yeah. Yeah. Like this never happened to me smoking weed before. If it did, and fuck, what did I smoke? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like it was laced with some sort of hallucinogenic or ayahuasca or whatever. But yeah, 
I have no see, that's idea. Right, like, that's what I thought it was. But I, I think it also mm-hmm. seems like there are these different things that you've experienced or you have observed earlier on in your life, whether it was something on the TV or something somebody said, and suddenly these tidbits, right, that were sort yeah, of within yeah. your within your subconscious manifested into a reality in a sense, you know? And uh, I've heard that before where, you know, people had like a little of this experience and a little of that. And then all of a sudden it just came out into some crazy, almost hallucinogenic reality, you know. And uh, yeah, the most uh, the part where I got most vivid is uh, when I came to one point when I was at my house, I -hmm. saw everything uh, animated. Yeah. Yeah, that's very telling. Yeah, I was. It was the craziest thing I ever saw. Like you know, like it was uh, the best way to describe it was if it was like a really intense light got shown on even more, mm-hmm. and just accentuated like you know color. And it was like watching like uh, my reflection in water paint. Actually, that's the best way I could describe it. Mm-hmm. So right. I kind of had a cute, like, you know, uh, sense of sensia, that one like, condition where people can actually, like, you know, perceive right. images and colors in other ways, like someone said, like, they it could taste like the color, color purple or something like that. Yeah. Right. They, you yeah, could have had... had... taste when they see purple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, also... then, and then... Go uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, so well, that's you... what happened, too. Mm-hmm. Huh? Well, it's where we got created. Oh, Sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So this is where I also got crazier too with that same notebook. I was piecing together that uh, that this notebook was kind of like a totem to where my experience was, and I found this magnetic screw that was etching on lead uh, drawings that are half done. This notebook, and I found this notebook was actually drawing some images in itself, and I freaked out. And threw away the screw outside of my house and destroyed the part of the notebook, which was metallic. I was thinking myself, I did not want anything or any more to keep track of me still. The danger's gone. I don't need to keep this connection, you know. And mm-hmm. and so the images that were uh, that was being written in the notebook by itself was I saw feet of various people kind of like cut off at the knee. And then I saw a mechanical being being reconstructed. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest fear was that, oh, shit, is this Skynet fucking happening? Is this fucking Terminator 2 fucking happening? Right. Now nah, I'm going to fucking watch. That's why I was fucking thinking, like, you know what? I'm going to fucking, like, you know, kick this robotic asshole in the fucking nuts by preventing this shit from happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was just trying to take a pacifistic route, you know? But that was just one of my mm-hmm. fucking, like, you know, conclusions that I was trying to draw from it. So the notebook, where did the notebook come from? Did it just appear? I have no idea. It just appeared in my room. Like it was under my bed. And the notebook has a lot of images and drawings and a lot of movie concepts. It even has this one cool movie uh, like storyboard called Rock mm-hmm. the Monster Fighter. And Rock has similar like, you know, uh, characteristics to the creator uh, to, of a character I was creating called Amplifier, a man from an alternate universe where audio is a part of the DNA, and I was thinking myself too, like, holy shit, am I becoming a fictional character too, you know what I mean? Like, 
That would have been awesome, but I felt like the price would have been too high. Mm-hmm. Because what happens in every movie? Oh, go ahead. Do you still live in the same place? Yeah. And nothing else has happened now? Not really. You know, Ron, you know what it almost seems like? What? It almost... So when I was a kid, you know, this is just the way I think. When Mm -hmm. I was a kid... I forget which show it was. I think it was like the new Twilight Zone or something. But right. this this guy woke this guy woke up accidentally in between the seconds. Did you ever see that? Oh, he, he it it sounds in, familiar. It sounds yeah, very he familiar. He woke up in, in, in between seconds. Mm-hmm. And and so when he and he's he's seen a, the the crew that's like prepping what's going to happen in the next next second. And so, like, they're moving the car a little bit forward, and they're they're you know they're they're sweeping up a little bit of dirt, or they're they're scattering a little more dust. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "You're not supposed to be here." And he he's like, "Well, I can't help it. I just woke up, and here you all are." And everybody's <laughs> frozen, mm-hmm. and they're moving. I've seen that one. Yes, I have seen that one. Yeah, that's great. It's it's almost like for whatever reason. Arturo, when you smoked that pot, for some reason you became out of sync. It, it, it seems like you were you were tapping into something else. That that you you were maybe like tapping into some sort of like I don't you know like an alternate reality of some kind. That, what, does that yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, that was one of the common themes that uh, me and my close friend who have the visions too. Um, was saying that, you know, they were describing that, you know, there was a big, like, cataclysm being caused by the current election, you know what I mean? Like, people going for Bernie and people going for, like, you know, Trump, unfortunately, and there mm-hmm. was an decision of, like, okay, Bernie's going to be the next but, step, or Donald Trump's going to be kind of, like, you know, <laughs> a different that, direction, in, pretty much, you know? But that's, that's interesting, <clears throat> because Bernie wasn't on a ticket. Yeah. So, it, at no point was it ever Bernie versus Trump. It was... Hillary Clinton versus Trump. So the right. fact that your friend, who experienced the same kind of thing at the same kind of time scale, around the same time you did, he's experiencing yeah. something. He did it on DMT. You did it on weed. But he mm-hmm. he's seen a fight, a clash between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. Well, here it was Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Right. So that, he was that, in another alternate reality. Yeah. He was. He, yeah. He, it's like you're half in, half out. Mm-hmm. And and you say you know yeah, you've never so, seen this, uh, you, you've never seen this this folder or this this uh, notebook before, but it's under your no. bed. It's got right. It's got drawings that you could have done. It's got movie ideas based on characters that you were de- already developing. But in this case, instead of you're developing it, this has a movie idea based on a guy that you were drawing. So it's not it's not disconnected. Right, but it's it's not discongruent, discongruent, discongruent. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's connected. It doesn't have to be connected a hundred percent, because the the person who drew what you were, what you found, may be you, but it's not perfectly you. It's a it's a facsimile of you that has gone through almost the same thing you have, but it's it's a different. 
not a dimension. It's um, it's more like, you know, the, it's the multiverse that you were tapping into mm-hmm. another multiverse. Or, I mean, you were tapping into another, like, another reality in the multiverse. That's what right. it really seems like. And whatever chemical reaction went on in your head is what made you start to, to you know, to see these things. And, and your friend, what's odd is that your friend experienced the same kind of thing at the same time. Brought yeah, kind of roughly time frame. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is that, uh, and the thing is that they recently had another vision right. quest too. And then, and then, then uh, they also really want to hear this podcast too. Like the name's uh, Genesiah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, have you ever done? I really like. Uh, yeah. Have you ever done like uh, peyote or taken DMT before? Nah, but I still want to hit that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Um, I went to a uh, peyote ceremony in Tecate in uh, March of 2013. And uh, it was a really good experience. It was like a three-day event. And uh, I know that they have those uh, yearly ceremonies there. So maybe sometime we can, uh, you know, get connected with those guys, these uh, leading shamans of Mexico, and uh, participate in that. Because, uh, yeah, it yeah, was uh, it was very beneficial. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I even felt kind of depressed like a few days after it because it lasts a long time. I mean, the, that feeling, that residual feeling, and then it dissipates. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know what? That was just a really nice uh, experience where I really felt uh, in harmony with other people and nature. And basically what it um, taught me was I need to be more patient with myself and with other people and not, you know, worry about the small shit because, uh, just we w- worry way too much. But I mean, that's really what I kind of got out of it. And I know that sounds kind of simple, but it's kind of helped me with a lot of, uh, depression too, that I, uh, but... was experiencing prior to that. And, uh, yeah, again, I had a little bit of depression, but after that, I've never experienced really severe depression, uh, since I went on that uh, peyote uh, journey, peyote but, ceremony. But, 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 but. Yeah. If you're gonna do something like that, you need to go somewhere. I don't do that stuff, but mm-hmm. I've read enough that you know if you're gonna go do something like that, it needs to be well run. And you need oh to yeah, and that's why I did it. That's the doing. only yeah. That's yeah. the only way that, I would that, do that. That needs to be mentioned. Yes. Right. Yeah, you, you need to have do people that are like, yeah, like guides, <clears throat> and that's why it was a three-day event because you it was like a combination of fasting, going to sweat lodge. Um, you know, not everybody did all that, but it was just, and then a lot of prayer, praying, meditating, and then actually participating right. in that, and it went really smoothly. I was like really surprised. I thought I was going to see all kinds of weird crap going, you know, all these weird colors, but everything was more enhanced and my feelings were enhanced to where I felt a lot more compassion to the people around me. And, uh, yeah, so it was very emotional and, uh, no, but yeah, I understand. Got it. Got to have some guides. Yeah. The, the paranoia podcast does not condone the use of illegal materials to achieve 
to achieve heightened states of awareness. If you're going to do However, that, you yeah. can do it, but, but do it safely. Yes. <laughs> or if, or in my case, just let it happen. You are 100 then. I think you had a DMT you, rush, man, in your pineal gland. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if, if for whatever reason that that stuff triggered something inside of you where you, you were seeing, well, even beyond seeing, I mean, it almost seems like you may have crossed over into another, another timeline because the, the folder, I mean, the, the notebook, you say you've never seen it before, but there it is. And there's a screw like drawing itself. It's like that, that, I don't know. It just seems like that when you did that, that something happened and you were in some sort of a distortion bubble where you were moving between the two spaces. Yeah, you could be right about that. You know, I just felt like all my acting kind of ramifications, you know? Like, because one of the visions I saw, too, was that potentially me creating a mental link with someone really close. And the mental link I actually ended up establishing was actually with my father. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I was trying to filter out is, okay, what's his voice like, you know, kind of communicating in my head? And I'll see myself why I'll be able to communicate back, you know? Right. And so I attempted you know, to a couple of times, but, you know, it was just something that I had no idea if I actually had really effect or not, you know, was it just me being only able to receive and not send? You know what I mean? That's like, you know, yeah. one of the questions that goes well, on my mind, but yeah. yeah, you were out of sync though. So, you know, you, you may have been entering that other, that other path, right? Cause they're like pathways. And when you make decisions that creates forks, and that creates new realities, right? What it seems like is you were half into to one of the other realities, but you were out of sync because you're, maybe your vibrational state was wrong. So maybe you could only receive and not send because you're not completely there. You're, you're kind of like dodging in and out of it. You yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, we, you know, pick up uh, well, Brad Steiger, God rest the soul. Steiger, you know, documented this a number of times where people would have like time, time loops where, or time bubbles where they, you know, a very famous story is, you know, you're driving through the desert, right? And then suddenly you see stagecoaches and shit. And you're like, whoa, why are there stagecoaches <laughs> around me? And then, then you're, they're gone. And it's like for that moment, you traveled back in time. And, and for that moment, they may not have been able to see you because you were out of sync with them, but you could sure see them and they were mm -hmm. all around you. And it, it, you, to you, the world was flipped on its side because, oh my God, there are stagecoaches and people riding horses and stuff. What, what am I doing? But they can't see you because you're out of, you're out of sync with them. And it, again, it, you know, you brought back an object when you, the distortion bubble around you, you, because it seems like a lot of this happened inside your apartment or house or whatever you live in, you know, there, there were residual artifacts that were left by the bubble and the, and the folder may have been one of those artifacts. I wouldn't be surprised if, if over time you discovered something else too, that, that it's, it's like what you, it's something you would have, but it doesn't quite belong. It feels wrong. 
Like it doesn't feel right, but it's there and it's tactile and you can like a pencil, you can pick it up, but when you hold it, it doesn't feel like a pencil because it's out of sync with our right. reality. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm wondering if yeah, that's it's just a yeah. Yeah, that's just like the biggest thing of uh, the biggest mystery of all is like where did this notebook and where these books come from and also where did also right. these cards come from as well because Ian had business cards from places that worked at. And then also with uh, the messages I had after my event, which one of them actually even came from Luke Pentabene himself. <laughs> wow. But Luke like uh, didn't wasn't really fully aware of my situation, but I had messages on Facebook that were sent by me. So the thing is, is I was no, I wasn't near no computer on my own phone. I even threw my own phone away when uh, my, yeah. And so one of the messages that was written, which was, yes, energy can be reformatted, but now you see the danger you must love. That was one of the messages I received. Mm-hmm. So you see so the other, big question was, been sending that message. Because there, there are two of you, and it was like you were you were flipping places temporarily. So the other you may have had a cell phone, and he's suddenly in your reality going, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook. I'm going to send a message to some dude. Hey, how's it going? And you pop back, and you're like, wait a minute. I didn't send that message. You know? Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, right. and then things were color-coded, too, on Facebook, uh, different, like, color uh, swatches. Uh, Luke and a really close friend of mine, Genesis, were both colored uh, yellow for gold. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, this is a signal that these are two lifelong friends. Even though me and Luke don't really speak that much anymore, you know, I still view him as a good friend of mine, you know? No. No. And, yeah, man, like, these sure. messages, like I said, like, uh, this other me, <laughs> like, I referenced it at one point as the electro boogeyman, which is amplifier, you know, like I, uh, as I touched up upon, you know, I write this character that I was writing has the ability to jump universes too, you know, <laughs> through a crazy, like, you know, event, which was kind of, I kind of like written it similar to like the whole Superman storyline where Superman, like, what is it? Uh, prime punches reality causes a new 52 event. But I write in my, uh, in my fictional movie, the amplifier, punches his way to earth by something uh by caused by like his uh his antagonist, you know but i don't want to get into much uh talking about this movie because the movie yeah. is a story all in itself you know not really relevant to what i went through you know but it, it seems it seems but, to me having having heard the story and talked to you now right what, whatever happened yeah. to you I, I, I feel like it, you know, you know, sometimes you, you hear a story and you, you get off the end of the story and you're like, mm, yeah, okay. But in your case, I mean, I can, I feel your conviction of what happened and it, it, but it, in looking at what happened, it's almost like when you smoke that weed, it triggered something in your brain and you, you crossed the dimensional boundary. And and you were suddenly in an alternate reality, and maybe you traded places some temporarily with the other guy. That's why it would feel like you're getting hacked, because at the same time, he's he's doing stuff and you're doing stuff, but you're in the wrong places. So the stuff that he's doing makes yeah. no sense to you, because you're in your timeline. That stuff hasn't happened, or this person it doesn't isn't that important to you. 
but in his timeline, this guy's so, so important. Or maybe in his timeline, you know, he, he was called Hacky McHackerson, but in your timeline, <laughs> you're just Arturo. Right. And, and so these, yeah. these weird, these weird moments, it seems like you actually somehow spontaneously traded places with the other you. Which is very weird, um, you know. Yeah, whoever this other me is is a real freaking like bad motherfucker. Then because it was crazy <laughs> how it was all orchestrated, you know. It's funny, and yeah. I kind of wish I was that. And I kind of wish I was still that person, you know, because I'm not the same person after like you know my event, you know. Like I said, like I was hoping things were gonna pay off for me. Well, they didn't, mm-hmm. and. It just it just sucks, you know, especially dealing with a really hurt back. You know, I'm only 28 years old, but mm-hmm. with my back, I feel like twice my age, you know, and it's not right, you know. And uh, I've been diagnosed with scoliosis, which is, I yeah. find crooked, so I mm-hmm. can't really power lift or, like, do anything as I used to do. You know, I don't even dance anymore either. The only thing I do nowadays is just work, try to keep good health, and, well, write out my films, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, it's just something I I'm taking should, one day at a time. I think you should explore that idea and take what happened with you and and see if you can root out if that's indeed what happened. Because, I mean, that's what it seems like to me. I, I mean, I'm just a guy, but, you know, it, it seems like you, you did something insane that should not yeah, be Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, yep, I think I now, think especially... it would make a good article, man, for Paranoia magazine, the winter issue, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Like, yeah, just take what I said and like, you know, write a story about it, or I could like, you know, submit thing, submit uh, submit something myself, and I call the story a uh, grounded traveler because okay. that's why I was called by the signal. Right. Yeah, but there was a and lot of things I was called too. Like, who knows? Maybe well, something was directing it. You know, maybe something yeah. was directing it. That's, it sounds like that's an element of it too, which is strange in and of itself. I mean, who, what would be directing it and why? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The only thing I know for a fact is that, uh, you know, it was like, you know, a sign that, hey, it may have been the quiet arrival of artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. just masking itself, realizing that, hey, like, you know, there's something more than just trying to hold the domain in the physical plane, but something more. Mm-hmm. And that's why I felt like, you know, happened my vision too, that I felt like it was discovery for artificial intelligence of religion, you know? Mm-hmm. Because nothing ultimately yeah. happened and nothing like, you know, is everything's still the same except that we're progressing now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got them cars, they're starting to dry themselves, you know what I'm saying? We still got Trump as president, and the world still hasn't fucking ended, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, only big beef I got with Trump is him just constantly bad in Latin America, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like pretty much as they say, man, the board, like, you know, I didn't cross the border, the border crossed me, as mm-hmm. California used to be part of Mexico, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And who really benefits out of the San Diego lifestyle? People from all over those cities more than the common people. You know what I mean? Like, I work, like, you know, a nine-to-five job. Like, I ain't living no glamorous life. You know what I mean? I can't really even enjoy 
my own city. You know, I don't live out in PD where people are potting up. I don't live out in OB where everyone's having drum circles. I used to live in downtown where it's pretty much a pandemic of homeless people. Yeah, I, I live, live there too. Vista. Yeah. yeah, I live in Chula Vista where there's a bunch of families and schools, you know, and it's all spaced out and peaceful and chill, you know. And that's where I live at. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I got to pose a question, Trump is okay. You say that there's a bunch of murderers and rapists that are coming over to America. Well, what the fuck is up with all the people shooting each other in schools? Mm-hmm. Where's your answer about that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Amongst a whole list of other things that are going on that don't make a lot of sense, right? Seems like we have a lot of hypocrisy here. Yeah. That's a whole, whole other show. I know. <clears throat> yeah. Pretty it's much. been pr- pretty incredible, though, what you went through, your experience. Oh, yeah. Albeit it was somewhat brief, but it had a very profound effect on your life. And uh, it's I something that you'll never reality. forget. Yeah. Yeah, I think you. Yeah, think and then something else reality. happened to me, too. Yeah, it's what something happened to me, too, which is kind of still kind of driving me, despite how I feel nowadays. Mm-hmm. Is that my phone? I was given one last message through my phone after I was watching that new Power Rangers movie. Mm-hmm. My phone called me a movie star. Wow! Like we're yeah, like a little message just flared up. Uh, where the like you know I have a phone. My phone carrier is Cricket, and you know how smartphones like in the left upper hand corner you have like where carrier that is uh, your that's your carrier AT and T, Cricket, T-Mobile, whatever. Well, my phone wasn't working, and all of a sudden it just flashed where the little cricket, like you know, logo is. It, it said "movie star," mm-hmm. and it was spelled with an I with no E. So I was just like, "What?" You know, like, all right. So apparently, I still haven't shook the signal, you know. But that's mm-hmm. like the parting gift I got from whatever happened to me, and mm-hmm. I just really wish more could have happened. You know, I wish I could have, like, you know, followed. My pursuits. I wish my back injury didn't like you know manifest. You know, since I've been getting a lot of expensive acupuncture and chiropractic work in my own rehab, but it feels like nothing's working. You know, so that's what makes me a little bit dejected after what happened to me going through such a phenomenon and not having the Hollywood ending. That's what really burned my chaps, man. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's not life. You know, this is the real world, as I said, maybe, where unfortunately you don't get the girl. Yeah. yeah, man, where you don't get the girl in the end and you just make it with your life, you know. And nowadays, I got to face a family that's really worried about my mental health when I'm just fine. I'm just not like, you know, I'm not living as productive as I used to, you know. Because mm-hmm. I was like my old routine before this vision happened. I was living up a pretty cool lifestyle in downtown. Yeah, you were doing a whole bunch of things. Yeah, I remember yeah, when I first met man, you. I was like, whoa, this guy yeah, is busy. Yeah, like I was bouncing in downtown. I was even living up there. But mm-hmm. what really kind of like brought me down, which is when uh, I was working for Uber, which took up most of my time, you know, just mm-hmm. to be able to, like, it was my first way. It was my first way of getting my first car because I was getting no help from my family from that. I'm just like, you know, if I get a car, this means I can come straight home instead of having to live in downtown. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but this is another thing that happened too. Is that another thing that appeared in my room was two separate drawings. One of them was a lizard man, and that's what freaked me out. Like as soon as I saw a picture, I just mm-hmm. felt an energy from it, and the eye that was zoomed in on 
it was pretty much like, like it looked like the logo of uh, the Uber logo. Mm-hmm. And that was scary. I was thinking to myself, like, wait a minute, could Uber, like, you know, I was kind of like putting this piece of my gear in my head. I was like, wait a minute, could there be some sort of like, you know, a contingency plan for a rideshare company to take a person of interest and escort them to SpaceX to launch them out of the planet? You know, like, that's like one of the things that went through my head too is like, holy fuck, am I like undergoing some sort of like emergency contingency plan through Uber? Because when I was driving my car, <laughs> uh, my car was surrounded by colored coded cars, mostly white cars. Mm-hmm. And I was following white cars, and my danger signal was blood red cars. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then when I threw my phone away, I realized that I was under, like, you know, I felt like this was a program happening. And since my mom's car was a white car, it's blended in with the traffic as I was being transported myself to uh, the hospital. Right. You know, but, but yeah, I just, that's like one of my basic regrets. It's like, I wish I could have composed myself better and not lost my shit in front of my parents. Mm-hmm. That's what I really wish I didn't have happen. Yeah. Well, you're going and, through a lot, man. I don't blame yeah, you. Man, and, I don't blame yeah, you. And so, yeah, and so I really miss my old lifestyle, man. Like, Uber kind of ruined my life a little bit because of how much I had to work for the company and what I sacrificed yeah. to keep on working the job. And mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get an opportunity to move to New York, but I got accepted yeah. as an actor, but not a dancer for the school. And I had to pay more for the tuition, so I got really dejected after that. When I was like, fuck, I wanted to go to school so bad so I could advance my craft, and I can't. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to transfer to SDSU either, so I'm kind of like stuck in the limbo of still going to junior college, you know? And nowadays, it's just, I just really want to be able to pursue my craft, but it just hurts nowadays, you know? Yeah. And so I haven't really opened up about it since, like, what happened, and Mm -hmm. I'm just not the same man I used to be. So this vision kind of came at a price. Sure, my life was saved, Mm -hmm. now I'm feeling it, like, what was it saved for if I'm not going to live up to like, you know, the life that I hope to have, you know, which is mm-hmm. being more established filmmaker, you know, like Kevin Smith, like, you know, those guys, you know, but well, there's nothing I have to pull myself out of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still hope for that. It's just, there's other things that obviously probably won't come to fruition, but I think you have other aspirations that are very mm-hmm. tangible and, uh, you know, I know it's hard. It's easy for us to say, oh, just have patience, you know, hang in there. But yeah, uh, but I think that do. there's going to be some other things that are going to open up in your life that maybe you didn't really expect. And it'll just take a different form, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I just definitely need to keep on moving up because, I mean, it was a real, like, you know, uh, great experience being a bouncer from downtown. But in the day, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't pay enough and being a high like you know risk atmosphere you know what i mean like because you're there to prevent ass being beat you know what i'm saying and like back then when i was a full-time rugby football player i was able to handle it at five five but you know i'm on my back injury like you know yeah yeah i can't really work in the club anymore so now i just do security work Mm -hmm. basic security work right which is peaceful in itself man but i don't know but at the end of the day i was method acting a character the character mm-hmm. was the one I created, Amplifier. 
And I felt like that act got broken after my vision occurred, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and that's what I was doing for the past couple of years. I felt like, you know, I was method acting to get mm-hmm. that confidence to actually pursue film, to pursue right. being an action hero in training, you know, I mean, to pursue dance, you know, to pursue art in its total, to bring mm-hmm. out the best in art, you know, right. and that's what I want to do with my films. Oh, yeah, and then I'd like to take this opportunity to promote one of my films. All okay. right, so the pod- people watching this podcast, mm-hmm. I kindly invite you to watch my film on YouTube called Doctor's Delirium, first film ever made, uh, and the plot is a mad scientist executing an experiment on his patients using a unique audio signal, and that Whoa. is Doctor's Delirium. Mm. That's an OSI-74 kind of show. What do you think, yeah, Olaf? <laughs> I think it might be. Yeah, because we know a, 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 a TV one. network that has a mm-hmm. sort of like fringe uh, sci-fi movies. Oh, yeah, and, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to take a look. We'll have to check it out. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yes. Yeah, because I'm still a filmmaker still, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, Ron, uh, Arturo, thank you, thank you for coming on. Uh, that was a hell of a story. I know yeah, we need man, to get an article. Had... We need to get an article out of it. Really? Yeah, you do. Yeah, definitely. You need to write about it just in general. But I'm a writer, yeah. so you know, I tell people you write it down, you know, and explore it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But thank you, thank you very yeah, much cause... for coming on the podcast. It was, it was very. Yeah, very much appreciate it. <laughs> very. Yeah, I'm glad to be a part of the show. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, Ron, I think that time has come again. We oh, yeah. are, as, as usual, overtime. Oh, that's um, okay. But that's a, that's okay. Um, we don't really care, actually. <laughs> yeah, we're not restricted. Um, we're not bound by time or space. Well, maybe space. No, we exist in well, maybe time, too. But we're, <laughs> we're in a reality bubble of our own. Yes. Um, we again, everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. Remember... Uh, tell your friends. Uh, definitely uh, check out Arturo's movie. Arturo, what was it called again? Doctor's Delirium on YouTube. Doctor's Delirium on YouTube. Check that out. Yeah, Doctor's uh, Delirium. You can check us. Doctor's Delirium. You can check you can check us out at paranoiamagazine.com. Uh, we're Paranoia Magazine on Facebook, Paranoia Mag on Twitter. I've been told I need to remind people of this. And mm-hmm. Paranoia Mags on Instagram. Go on Instagram. You can see my my weird adventures where I go find uh, bizarre transmitters in the middle of nowhere. It's an obsession of mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are working on the winter issue. It is coming, yeah. I promise. Yeah, I got some um, articles in. Excellent. We are trying to put the magazine out on a regular basis now, unlike before. Um, but we are definitely uh, putting the magazine out on time mm-hmm. and trying to do regular podcasts. So next uh, next week we'll be doing another one. Uh, we have no idea what we're going to do it about because we just don't roll that way. Um, yeah. But thanks again for for listening. And remember, if you're on uh, if you're on iTunes, uh, definitely you know like like us, give us a big rating, and and let your friends know that we exist. So, with that being said, uh, be excellent to each other, Ron. And take good care and keep the faith. All right, people. Good night and uh, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now. Paranoiamagazine.com Intro theme, The Guide, was composed by Scott Moon. ScottMoon.net Outro theme, Fighting Trousers, is by Professor Elemental. ProfessorElemental.com Voiceover written and performed by Mr. Lobo, host of Cinema Insomnia. Watch new episodes on OSI 74. Visit us at OSI74.com We are resuming control. For now.